Options activity has altered the investment landscape. Get an edge on this massive flow of funds with Tier 1 Alpha's Market Situation Report brought to you by Hedgeye. A daily newsletter of the latest moves in the options market and a weekly webcast featuring myself, Mike Green of Simplify Asset Management, and Tier 1 Alpha's Craig Peterson and David Pegler. Go to hedgeye.com research for more information. Welcome to the Weekly Notebook Review. I am Robert McGrorty. This podcast takes on a bit of a different format where we are live each week on Twitter Spaces. I crack open my notebook and review Hedgeye research with anyone who wants to learn a better way to invest. We feature both Hedgeye power users as well as some special guests that might pop in. If you want to learn more about our research, visit Hedgeye.com. If you'd like to participate in the live stream, follow me on Twitter at HedgeyeRJM. Now, let's review the data. Good afternoon, all. I'm not sure when that meeting started, but kind of like it. Honestly, it's giving me, a, it's getting into a bit of a zone. Like, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of lo-fi, you know, zoning in, getting ready to grind it out. Uh, all right. Well, we got a few people in. Uh, I know it teases out this morning. Apologies for the kind of late spaces announcement uh, via Twitter in regards to the setting the reminder, but uh, it's been a busy day here. At the Connecticut office, typically is, especially when I'm uh, hitting the road first thing this morning, a uh, bit of a long day. Uh, all of a sudden, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not that I'm not usually up uh, five o'clock, but it just makes it a little longer uh, when you're on the road at five o'clock and not just at the desk or 530, excuse me. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get right into it. You guys did not join Spaces uh, Notebook Review in order to hear about my travel. Um but if you're new to this, obviously, you know, we are going through uh, signals, the data, how how one should be looking at their portfolio construction and risk managing uh, those decisions. I think Keith did a phenomenal job on the macro show today, walking people through and, and slowing it down a little bit in terms of how to think through sizing, timing. Um, how to think through risk management. Uh, so if you haven't watched that, obviously it's uh, free all access week. Uh, this is free every week, uh, but you know this week is, is certainly uh, it's certainly a good one if you're either new to Hedgeye or looking at uh, getting um, you know further into the Hedgeye process. Uh, we really open up a lot of the different product sets uh, in uh, free all access week. So definitely take advantage of that and go watch the macro show. Uh, this was a again. He did a masterclass in terms of just walking people through how to how to think through different different setups and stuff like that. Uh, in terms of what's bouncing off the page, uh, a little bit of a noisy day out there to be honest. Um, yeah, at least I thought it was noisy. I thought it was pretty noisy on Twitter. Uh, I was pretty kind of head down, grinding through things. Uh, but you know, <laughs> it felt like every every time I popped on Twitter, it was just people were just screaming about Bitcoin and um, just whatever market going doing things uh so yeah i think this is a big big important one uh in terms of just trying to block out the noise right if you're long bitcoin if you're not long bitcoin um you know we've got a risk management system in place and a process in place to help guide you through that uh to get you in get you out uh but at the end of the day it's really what's in your portfolio so if you're not if you're not long bitcoin then really i'd really encourage you just to kind of block out everything that's kind of happening in that space it can obviously be very, very noisy. You can get a lot of FOMO. You can make stupid decisions when you're doing that. Kind of same with NVIDIA and some of the tech, right? So if uh, it, we haven't had this call for about two weeks now, last week was uh, February break for the kids. So it just took, uh, took a week off. Um, but, uh, you know, so we didn't get a chance to kind of talk about NVIDIA earnings, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I think the most important things is just really what's on the page. I, I tweeted out about this, I think, on Monday in terms of, you know, we really just simplify things to <laughs> having bullish trends in your portfolio um, that can really alleviate a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And so, you know, right now in terms of, you know, bigger picture things that are, are bullish trends, uh, you've got uh, the S&P 500, you've got the NASDAQ, the Russell, um, China just went bullish trends. So that's a new one on the board. We were actually adding that in the re-rank in portfolio solutions today. Nikkei remains, so Japan equities remain bullish trend. India remains bullish trend. Germany's bullish trend. Uh, you've got uh, XLK, the tech ETF is bullish trend. You've got insurance companies, IAK is bullish trend. Momentum is bullish trend. Pink is bullish trend. Bulk dry shipping is bull- bullish trend. Night. No, 
call the kid like, look, I'm back. Somebody give me a heads up, letting me know that I'm back. Am I back, guys? There's a phone call that came in. Hopefully I'm back. Can you guys hear me okay? All right, perfect. Thanks, Philip. Um, yeah, phone call came in. Sorry about that. It's the, uh, the downside of, of spaces and, and on the phone. But anyway, uh, my point is there's a lot of shit that's bullish trend. Uh, excuse my language. But there's a lot of stuff that's bullish trend. Uh, oil is bullish trend. Any gas is bearish trend. So stay away from that bad boy. Uh, gold remains bearish, uh, bullish trend. I, um, copper just turned bullish trend. So it's a, you know, these face transitions, we talked about that a lot. Uh, this is a great time to kind of take advantage of, of a pullback, but they can be noisy, right? They can be kind of choppy when they're making those face transitions. Uh, but adding a little bit, you know, when you got multiple things, and Keith's talked about the, this on macro show the last few days, but you have multiple things that are signaling, uh, you know, similar sets, right? So you got copper going bullish trend. You've got the Shanghai uh, composite, you know, SS, SSEC. Is going has gone bullish trend. Uh, you've got underlying components inside of China uh, and China factory exposures that are going bullish trend. Like when uh, these are all you know similar sets, right? So you want to be having these things inside your portfolio. You don't have to have all of them on your portofolio. Uh, you know, Jonesy on Metro Day said that you know he kind of caps out at with fifteen to twenty positions inside of his portfolio. That's where he really maxes out. Uh, so the big thing is like understanding your personal portfolio, right? Like I've got about. 20 I'm, I'm similar to jonesy probably about 20 25 but but i brought that down when i first started uh this process and and kind of diving into to the hedge eye um you know research i was much closer to keith in terms of you know 40 50 you know probably at 1.70 positions a lot of individual names stuff like that i've, I've curtailed that one from a timing standpoint just don't have enough time anymore and two uh you know just kind of you know I, I i i try to have you know, some of the things that I think are the, the highest conviction or sort of have the, the best signal strengths. So uh, KSA is one that, that Keith added today that, that that's been in my portfolio for a week or two now. Um, so Saudi Arabia, right, when I when I saw oil change, uh, kind of I moved to bullish trend, I guess that was about a week or two weeks ago. Um, you know, I went hunting for some, some oil-related uh, exposures, right? So that was kind of what I did. Uh, it's all very personal. So you just got to kind of understand what, what is what's good for you and and what you should be doing inside your portfolio. But my point is, is, you know, I've got about 20 positions, uh, individual 25 and, and then I trade some options. So that's what I kind of more actively manage or is the, are the options positions, uh, while trying to kind of capture the trending, you know, bullish trends and, you know, be at max position sizing for, you know, based on volatility adjusted, uh, for those, for those equities or for those ETFs. Uh, so some of those ones would be, uh, well, I got rid of QQQ to pay off, so that was a mistake. But uh, SVY is in there, uh, XLD, XL, uh, XLI, Industrial has been uh, a great a great exposure to have on, um, XLP, Consumer Staples, Healthcare. Uh, so again, these things uh, are, are all bullish trends and, and certainly acting well and performing well. So uh, today, as I said, a little bit noisy, I mean, just kind of a little bit of a general pullback. I tweeted out about the flip line. Uh, we bounced off that bad boy a number of times. I think we hit it like four or five times. Um, I think we even bounced right off of it, like basically at like three fifty. Um, yeah, three fifty. We went right down to the to the flip line, which uh, today was uh, fifty sixty four on the S and P five hundred on the SPX. Uh, we bounced right off of that. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We hit that. We, you know, we were kind of right around that line. You know, hit it. You know, went up and. Around about six, call it five to seven times, depending on you know, how you want to you know, think about it or look at it. Again, I'm looking at like the five five minute chart, so uh, that's what I calculate here. Uh, if you want to be more granular, granular, go be more granular. Uh, but at the same time, uh, that flip line just is really important. Uh, it's really important to understand where it is, how it transacts, what it does, uh, how dealers have to react to it. And you know, there's there a point in time where it looked like it was going to kind of go go negative, and, and dealers are going to have to step on the gas. I got to reposition their portfolios, but uh, zero DTE or, or, you know, again, I tweeted this out so you can go look at the timeline, but uh, they really were kind of right around 505, 506, 507. Uh, so kind of a lot of pin action today. Um, and and to me, I think there's a good opportunity to be adding to some of your your Russell. Uh, so kind of your smaller caps, uh, broaden broaden that exposure out. Uh, so whether it be through IWM, uh, we prefer IWO uh, in terms of growth. We much prefer growth at the moment. And you're seeing that as well through like SPMO. So like momentum has been just an absolute, uh, you know, 
gangbusters even today on this kind of slight sideways slash bear, you know, small pullback. SPMO kind of held in and uh, and really uh, maintained its sort of didn't close that all time high, but uh, certainly uh, was kind of right there in terms of uh, new one month and are holding that one month and three months uh, recent uh, three month and one month highs. Uh, so those are that's all a good thing. Um, in terms of uh, opportunities today, ones that I think are, are really uh, somewhat about uh, as we uh, continue to progress here in 2024, uh, EMX China is a really good example we've talked about this a number of times i know you know capital you know i kind of took about it a bit more from a capital location standpoint the work that i do with Kat, with david salem uh, thanks for listening him big guy uh but yeah emx china i think is, is a great opportunity here uh this year as an asset that that uh, uh could really benefit from being in your portfolio keith actually added that to his portfolio solutions product this morning uh at a minimum sizing so that's always uh, helpful to see uh, him adding it on uh, something that you also uh, think is a good asset allocation. So EMX China, uh, India had a little bit of pullback. Some of those Asian equities, again, you know, uh, were kind of broadening the horizon. I think it's a really good example here at Hedgeye where we can uh, really go anywhere, right? So we can go anywhere, but uh, st- steal a line from from Salem. Uh, you don't want to go everywhere. Uh, so be much more specific and, and directional in terms of what's in the portfolio. Uh, so not all of your the eurozone is is a good exposure uh you know things like like spain you know haven't acted as well uh but things like the netherlands uh and as i said germany is bullish trend so those those areas have been uh, really great areas to have on uh, inside the portfolio so kind of continuing to look through that look through the eurozone look through uh certain aspects of asia not all of asia is the same uh south korea is a new one that kind of uh, recently uh, turned turn bullish and was added to the portfolio solutions as well so You've got uh, you've got the Nikkei in bullish trend. You've got China now in bullish trend. You've got India in bullish trend. You've got South Korea in bullish trend. You got a lot of bullish trends around around the world. So uh, you know this is when a lot of folks can uh, look really good, uh, but you can also look pretty stupid if you're uh, not allocating towards the things that really have uh, the best single strength. And and one crucial way of looking that at that and tracking that is by uh, reviewing you know are they bullish trend? Are they bullish trade? Right. So keep keeping the team here at Hedgeye will keep you abreast of those things. But then what you can track inside of the risk range product, obviously, is whether or not they're making higher highs, both on a day-over-day and week-over-week basis. Those are the two time frames that I certainly track. And if they're doing that, if they're putting in a higher high and a higher low, uh, those are things that are really uh, have, have continuing to um, increase the single strength. And, and those are ones that you really want to have in, in in your portfolio. Something, you know, Keith addressed this this morning in terms of Microsoft, that top in the risk range is 415 this morning. It was 416 uh, yesterday. It was 419 on the 26th, and it was uh, 422 on the 22nd. So that is actually not the direction that you want to see. You don't want to you, you want to see um, the top end of the risk range to, to continue to climb higher. Uh, so although Microsoft remains bullish trend, it's moved down the list in terms of signal strength. So just these these are things that you got to be paying attention to if you want to be doing the work. Um, if you don't want to do the work, then that's cool too. Uh, we've got the portfolio solutions product, and you can kind of just track. You know Keith's uh, decision making, what he's what he's doing incrementally from both a uh, sizing and uh, ranked positions in the portfolio. Uh, so that's kind of that. Obviously, a big one that we we've pivoted away from the last two weeks. It would be uranium. That's just started to break down uh, again. You can kind of you could have you should have seen that on the page as you were looking, even when it was in a bullish trend. Uh, you know, trend when the, it was still signaling bullish trend on the page. Because uh, you saw it putting in lower lows and lower highs. Uh, when it starts to kind of really do that, you, you know, sometimes it's consolidation, right? Sorry, excuse me. Consolidation usually is when you got uh, a higher low and, and a lower high, right? So you got a consolidation. Oftentimes that's volatility is coming out of that asset class. And it can be a really good time, especially if it's been in a bullish trend for a while, to start to commu- accumulate uh, a position in inside of that uh, piece of inventory. Uh, but what you really don't want to see is lower lows and lower highs, and then for those to kind of basically start to speed up, right? So if you look at URA today, uh, had long the risk range of 26.65 at the top end of 29.70. If I flip back to the 22nd, that top end of the risk range was 30.77, um, so basically a dollar higher, and the low end was 27.59, so almost a dollar higher there too, 90 cents. Um, so again, these are these are situations, these are similar sets. Uh, that you really, you know, that's the opposite of a good thing. And you now see it as neutral on the page. And if you're not out of uranium, I would certainly be, uh, you know, reducing your sizing significantly, if not just completely out altogether. Because, you know, finding areas that 
where your hard-earned capital can go to work and areas that are uh, trending positively, right? And putting in higher highs and higher lows, just better place for your capital. B, doesn't mean that you have to, you know, again, you don't have to, um, you don't have to like touch things every single day, right? Like I don't touch my positions every single day. Keith touches them every single day. I touch my options positions every single day, uh, but I don't touch my underlying uh, uh, my underlying positions every day unless something changes, unless I see something on the page that makes me want to say, hey, um, you know, this is lower, lower high or, you know, we're starting to break down here, right? And so uh, that's when I'll start to reduce that position and or just get completely out of it and just rotate out. And sometimes I don't have anywhere good to go, to be honest, right? Like last week, I know, uh, yeah, last like Thursday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, I really didn't, I didn't see like good places to go. I, I kind of, there was a big event risk, obviously with the NVIDIA earnings and I just didn't really want to play that. And so uh, I was more on the sidelines and I knew that if, even if I paid up uh, for something and, and you end up having to do that, right? Because the NVIDIA was a big move and had a, had a from a volatility adjustment standpoint, quite a, quite a large move on the market. Um, but my point is, is that like, it's okay just to kind of like sit on the sidelines and just sort of, you know, gauge what's happening and then, and then, and then take advantage of it when, you know, when something comes back, but sometimes like you have to act quickly, right? So like the NASDAQ was down what 55 basis points today. So that could be your buying opportunity. I have no idea. Uh, we certainly were a buyer of QQQ today. Keith was, um, but that doesn't, you know, so, you know, if you're looking for like a 5% pullback, those things don't always come, right? Um, so you might want that, but you also might have to be able to act in terms of, hey, let me like kind of dip my toe back in here or, you know, build up my minimum size position, you know, add 50, 100 basis points so that I, I have some, you know, some 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 exposure into this into this market or on, on this piece of inventory that I want to have in my portfolio. Uh, so I think, again, you just have to be kind of comfortable with who you are, what you're trying to accomplish, what's in your portfolio and, and rotating that around as you see fit. Um, all right, so that's uh, you know obviously this is for donation, right? So I say this all the time, but anybody's got any any commentary? If you want to jump up, chat, uh, review some things, uh, gentlemen, uh, actually DM me. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at it though. I'm really sorry, Mark from Columbus, uh, but I will I'll take a look and review your question as as somebody else hopefully pops up. And so hold on, I'm a good Is there any other comment? Uh, okay. Yeah. So Mark, I'll answer your, I'll DM you back, buddy. Um, and we can, we can talk about that. So one of his questions was just kind of, uh, he just has some pro- process related questions and this is definitely a great forum for it. Uh, we've got a lot of Jedis out there, uh, including Philip who's, who's, uh, jumping up. Uh, so again, this is, this is this whole concept. If you're new to the weekly network review is, uh, it, it, you know, it was me as a former subscriber. I mean, this is where I, I find the wording is kind of difficult because I'm not really a former subscriber. I still subscribe. I just find pay for it because i work for hedge uh, so i i i am an avid consumer of the hedge eye research uh to this day but i was as well and i actually paid for it uh so when i was a paying subscriber i i uh we started this notebook review uh with gavin and, and Trent wizzo and uh yeah just going over, i think we're going on Heck, it's been two and a half years i think now since we've been hosting this thing on wednesday wednesday nights or wednesday afternoons uh philip and uh, yeah, so my point is, is this is for Edge Nation, right? So this is a good forum to talk process. Uh, it's kind of one of my favorite things to talk about, to be perfectly honest. I think it's it's an ever-evolving um, education. Uh, your your game and the way that you approach things can can will evolve uh, and, and they'll adjust and, and you'll find new kind of tools or kind of process-oriented things to, that, that you'll start to develop. And, and that's a really cool thing, right? Is if, if you have an inquisitive mind or you want to keep educating yourself, uh, this is a great forum to do it not only on the notebook review but also just managing uh, managing money uh, managing your own pool of capital whatever it is risk management it's a really fun game i certainly love it and uh but the other other great area to, to, to kind of talk process certainly is on subscriber orientation and um, work from columbus so uh that is another that's on thursdays at noon um you can kind of write in other questions to support or uh tune in and we have kind of a q a as well kind of at the end so uh, feel free to do that. That's a bit, uh, you know, it's kind of marketed a bit more for like beginners, but I, um, as you might imagine, I, 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 I try to keep it simple, but at the same time we go pretty, uh, you know, I go, I cover some, some good topics.
things like usually the, the Git model and the things that are shifting there from an outcast standpoint, and then um, other components too, like you know, position sizing stuff like that. But uh, but Philip, welcome, my man. I know you texted me earlier that you were getting along in some eurozone. You like all the green, the the ones and twos of the page. Um, that certainly aligns. I, I think eurozones are highly underrated place to be and i also really like the uk i think the uk in particular is not getting enough love there's a lot interesting going on there right i think the the comments keith has made over the last over some of the last few days of like there actually was a real recession in europe right there wasn't the same uh ability to kind of save things with a bunch of extra spending and they actually went through it and now they're kind of lapping those comps right things are starting to look a little bit better on um, the the quad maps um one thing that that i noticed uh, uh outside so yeah so i touched on some uh europe bought some of that i do own some of the individual countries uh, but outside of europe i had a question for you and maybe you can yeah post this to to keith tomorrow uh but i've seen in his portfolio solutions he's got uh, the Philippines and South Korea. Um, he doesn't have Peru, and when I look at Peru, Peru looks stronger to me as a, uh, looks like a stronger signal. Mm. Uh, and I'm kind of curious what his and certainly also not just on the signal, but if you have access to the the quantum map data, you know, the, quantitatively the growth in GDP uh, and the drops in inflation are more supportive in Peru than in other countries. Um, he's our, he's talked about copper recently, right? Kind of going right to trend. Copper's not really, it's not quite positive trend yet, but I'm sure a country like uh, a Peru and Chile uh, is going to have um, uh, some correlation with commodities like that. Um, but I'd be curious why Keith isn't long peru yet and and is instead long philippines and south korea robert mcgordy here director of subscriber development at hedgeye hope you're enjoying our podcast start generating alpha with our suite of sector pro investing research products dive deep into retail industrials technology and everything in between with exclusive access to the sharpest analysts and actual ideas on wall street Go to hedgeye.com forward slash research to subscribe. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Uh, yeah, my I so I don't have, I don't know. Um, but that's where it's again, going back to kind of like what I opened with, it's definitely a personal endeavor, right? So he, he, he probably just sees, let me just pull it up one second. Um, let me pull up. I didn't actually have the. Sorry, one second. Should we go? Okay, so Argentina, Chile, yeah, um, one, and then Peru, yeah. So basically, you've got a good acceleration there from our from our estimate standpoint, and even the D cells still at kind of like a plus one point eight on a quarter uh, year over year right? real GDP basis in Q four. Um, yeah, so let me, yeah, let me, let me check one second. Phil, this is a great question. I think I'm, I think I'm long Chile. Hold on, let me look. That way I can, no, I'm long Israel and Philippines. And I mean, Peru, the signal on yeah. Peru looks much better than Chile. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Peru's yeah. bullish trade trend and doing the higher highs, you know, higher highs, higher lows. Uh, it's all, as as good as it can be, basically on signal strength, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. EPU, EPU looks great. Um, yeah, what's Chile? What's Chile's one again? It's uh, ECH. ECH. That's the right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that one's it's not as good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that one's just starting to kind of maybe break out. Yes, good. No, that nearly is good. No, no. So I would stick with Peru, uh, but I would. But so yeah. So Peru. ECH, it's interesting. I bet you, if you put, if you overlaid ECH and the copper uh, chart, I yeah. bet you they'd look pretty similar. Yeah, uh, copper might be a little better. He, he mentioned on the Magic Show today that he'd, he'd be he'd be looking to add copper. So copper did actually go bullish trend. I think this morning it was neutral yesterday, right? Uh, 
It's at it's at three eighty two, which is where it's yeah yeah trend trend yeah right right there yeah, yeah. so um but yeah copper I mean these these are going to trade with with sort of precious metals a little bit so if commodities starts to continue to get a bid you're you're going to see that it's going to certainly benefit places like Chile and Peru and even Brazil right so yeah. um I I think I think that's certainly one thing to be considering is uh, what is the inflation uh, kind of expectation. We are, uh, you know, we are anticipating or are forecasting, I should say, relatively like tight delta still uh, within within the, on the inflationary side, um, especially on sort of like the G in the G20 space. So if you just kind of look at mode median across G20, uh, we're looking at kind of like 3.09 here in, in Q1 to 3.05 to 3.18 in Q3. Uh, we are seeing a bit more of a jump there up towards kind of like three and three quarters in Q4 at the moment on a, on a kind of mode median uh, standpoint across the G20 countries. But um, in the US, you know, that's still that's sticking basically between uh, 3.07, you know, as our now cost for inflation in Q1. And then it really uh, kind of maxes out at 3.18 right now in Q4, 24. Those are, those are all estimates, right? But that, that's kind of your delta is basically 11 bips. Uh, so you, it's not a big one. Um, so again, I think this, but this inflationary component is very real, and you're and you're seeing that with you know across the board when you've got oil breaking out, right? Bullish trend, uh, copper again, kind of holding bullish trend. The, the one that's breaking down is uranium, but you've also now got you know Bitcoin breaking out too, and and other components as well, right? Like uh, what corn and and that kind of thing. So um, this, yeah, Peru, Peru looks good, man. Um, I think Asia in general, though. Asia generally has a better signal and has a better quad setup, just to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. yeah and, I agree. And, and, and I and and I suspect that's why he's gone there because like South Korea will get the benefit, like if China's coming back and starting to look better, you know, that just does start to kind of flow over to a lot of other Asian uh, countries and, and also just from a uh, from a growth standpoint in terms of getting more exposure to growth. Obviously, you know, South Korea, you know, uh, they, they, they just have more, you know, tech and growth semiconductor exposures uh, there as well. Well, if you get a chance to, or maybe shoot the I'll, question over to Joe, as you can see tomorrow morning, yeah. why, uh, why? Yeah, I was just asking about kind of loud amp, generally speaking. Uh, yeah. To see, see what's what. I feel like, didn't, I think Rooster may have posed chili approved to on last week but I, i'll have to look i have to i'll have to go through my notes yeah oh he definitely yeah. mentioned peru for sure yeah, yeah anyway off of the yeah. uh the country ets you mentioned the um, uh sitting that trend and i you know i i noticed there's a few different things that are kind of sitting right at trend that i found interesting i don't know if it means anything yet but the vix in particular um the vix and the volatility of the vix it was basically at like nothingness, right? And it's like yesterday, I think it was a little below uh, the VIX trend. Today, it closed what, like 1380 something? Yeah, 83. Um, yeah. 80, 83, just yeah. below trend, but basically like right at it. You know, <laughs> like you look at the yeah. move index, the move I think was like 110. And trend last we heard, I think it was 112. Well, I guess it closed down a little bit more. It closed at 108.71. Um, but um, what was the other one I saw? Yeah, like uh, no, it's a, the volatility I had not talked about. That's a great call out, and I got to give my my buddy Chris a big shout out because he tweeted about about the one one day VIX one day. I mean, I think it was trading down at seven uh, yesterday, earlier this morning, and yesterday and i think the day before that too so uh the one day he's like the volatility the vol complex in general is is quite suppressed now you know some of them have, you know basically you did see some appreciation today and as you pointed out you know vix went kind of right up towards the trend now resistance level um so it's a big call out uh bvix you know volleyball kind of moved higher too back up to 80 but these are all levels that are really kind of like you know they're still very much more so on the low end of the spectrum in terms of uh you know one you know 10 day 15 day one month three month lows you know, closer to that versus closer to breaking out so uh, i think you just got to be really conscientious of 
was happening across the vol, uh, volatility construct. And in particular for the VIX, you know, looking at, you know, shorter dated vol. So again, one that I really pay attention a little bit more closer to than the one day is, is the nine day kind of get, especially in the zero DTE environment, you know, kind of captures that sort of 10 day trading window. So the VIX 9D is one that's certainly on my, on my watch list. And then obviously going out to the one month and three month and looking at kind of what that uh, contract looks like. And, and right now, you know, I think if you go out to October, uh, and, and maybe it's pricing in more of like the presidential election, stuff like that, but, but, you know, the October contract is, is, or at least yesterday's close in my notebook, I, I hadn't pulled it up yet. Um, it was up kind of closer to 20, right? So you, you may end up seeing kind of as the year progresses a little bit more volatility in, in the overall complex, but, uh, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway right now is you've got the investable bucket on the SP 500. So VIX is you know below 19 or below 18. Uh, the VIX, and even after today's move, uh, another you know it was down 55 basis point on, on the Nasdaq. Uh, VIX was up about one and a half percent. So, but it closed at just under 18. So it's still right in there in, in the investable bucket. Um, and Russell volatility, you know, it's 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 in that sort of chop bucket, uh, the RBX at 23 and a half. Uh, but it had been, you know, kind of pushing down towards like the low twenties, right? Twenty, you know, 23, 20, 20, it was twenty-two, I think, earlier this 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 month. So uh, I would just be back kind of paying attention to that, right? Paying attention to what's transpiring across the ball complex. Uh, you know, you've got uh, end of this month, right? So month ends tomorrow. You got a new month that starts uh, Friday, and then we'll start to get into. Uh, March OPEX, and then you've got the quarterly OPEX as well. Uh, so that March OPEX is March 15th. Um, so just kind of pay attention. You know, uh, Jim Croissant, he he obviously you know talks a lot about uh, kind of the Vanna and the, and the charm and, and those windows. And, and again, kind of shout out to my board Chris for continuing to highlight those and pounding them into my face, uh, but or reminding me of those. But yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I don't know how much those are going to impact things. Uh, there was kind of this, you know, window of weakness that people were sort of talking about. He, you know, uh, Jem was on a couple of different podcasts I listened to. Uh, they were very good, to be honest. Uh, and and uh, but this kind of window of weakness didn't really manifest. Uh, so we'll just see. I mean, I think I think time will tell. Uh, I think the beauty of it all is that the signals will start to uh, to to, to uh, uh, pick it up, right? So if you see if you see that VIX, you know, the 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 top end of the risk range of the VIX was fifteen spot seven three. It was 15 uh, spot 85 yesterday, and I think last week it was in the 16th. On the 22nd, it was 16 spot 43. Um, so that's a big; those are big time, you know, lower highs on the top end of the risk range for for the VIX, and, and that low end is is down at 12 spot 79. So you know, just 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 below 13. Yeah. Uh, so if you start seeing that top end of the, you know, the basically the volleyball of VIX start to kind of uh, creep back in, and those risk range start to widen. And that's when I would start to get a little bit, you know, basically maybe a little bit more conscientious and, and cautious in terms of, hey, maybe I should be a little bit more aggressive of reducing my, you know, position sizing or my my exposure to, you know, U.S. equities and then specifically kind of SP 500 and or other components like uh, like like uh, Nasdaq or, or, or Russell. So um, that's kind of how I'd be looking a, right now. Right now, yeah. it's, it's not, right now, it's just not, it's not, it's an opportunity. Uh, it's an opportunity, uh, and you've got a sh- so many eyeball discounts out there man uh they're not like huge philip but this morning i mean you had uh, spies were sitting at a plus 18 uh, premium but that's a minus 1.2 times on a trailing 12 month z score you've got the q's at a plus 11 uh eyeball premium that's a, another minus 1.2 and then you had iwm at minus seven which is a minus one one time so again not huge things we typically look for 1.5 to two or, or over two times on a on a trailing 12 month z score but I mean, th- these are these are great opportunities to be kind of looking at things. And if you're nervous, then like you want to be buying, you know, you want to be buying your protection, your insurance now, right? When premiums are low, and and you can go out in time, you know. Like I've got some April spy uh, puts on on the books just for a little protection. I mean, they're not huge. They're what? They're twenty? No, sorry. They're I have thirty basis points worth of protection for April nineteenth. You know, the four nineties, just to be fully transparent. Um, so, you know, it's like nothing major. And again, that's not advice, but that's like how I'm, you know, it's, uh, it's the only puts that I got. Uh, sorry, I take that. Yeah. Back. I have some, I have some March ones too, but, um, again, this is, but they're small. They're like 15 basis points versus like, you know, 40, 60, 130 basis points worth of, you know, spy calls. So that's kind of, you know, I got to hedge my book. So you got to, that's how I do it. it doesn't mean that 
That's how you need to do it. Um, but that's how, how I'm doing it. I thought that was interesting on the, the call out. Um, when he showed uh, this morning on the macro show, the volatility curve, uh, yeah. applied volatility out for the next, what, like two weeks or so. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all, it's all upsloping, right? This wasn't it like, is. even with, um, the government shut, well, tomorrow the PCE, uh, potential for government shutdown on Friday or over the yep. weekend, um, that it didn't, I mean, even the VIX move today and the, and the VIX, like you don't see a lot of protection buying, even though it, that curve implies that maybe there should be a little bit more buying. Yeah. And I mean, to, yeah. To, oh, yeah. What, what I found most interesting or what, what I think is interesting right now is thinking of the, like the major index change that we've been seeing over the last several weeks of gaining strength is on the Russell side, right? The Russell 2000. And that now is showing that discount he talked about, whereas a month ago it was a premium, right? That's a change. Like of the, you look at the S and P, the triple Q and the Russell 2000, that's the only one that's had the discount. It's the only one that's um, the, but, but it's also not significant on a Z score basis. So I think that's some signs of improvement and I'll, match that up with so if you wanted to buy protection you could buy some protection but how high is it going to go then i kind of look at the um different buckets of volatility for the rvx as you pointed out we're like at 23 right we're like at the lowest level of the chop bucket if the russell is really improving which we saw the iwm close back below trend today we're like in this in between on the super green light of the RVX bucket versus the ch- the second tier chop bucket, right? From 23 to like 29. So if I saw, I'm not buying protection on it, but if I saw that ramp up over the next few days on some uh, either a PCE thing or rates move up a little bit and hurt the small caps or we get a government shutdown uh, and you get a pop in RVX up to 24, 25, 26, whatever it is, I'm buying that all day long like i'm not concerned there's nothing there's to me there's no concern of like rvx going all the way to the chop bucket if we get a pop like i would buy that hi robert mcgordy here director of subscriber development at agile join our entire research analyst team live before the market opens for deep dive investing analysis our favorite stock ideas and our risk manager in chief keith mccullough's macro overlay Our team of 40-plus equity analysts discuss key market developments, trends, and our high-conviction, long-and-short investing ideas. You will not get this granular level of insight anywhere else. A video replay, audio version, and analyst summary notes from the call are available shortly after each live show to ensure you don't miss anything. Go to hedgeye.com forward slash research to subscribe. And tune in live to the call weekdays at 7.45 a.m. Eastern. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah, again, I, I think it's gonna you're gonna start to see it build out in in the signal which you kind of see on the page, right? So right now right. though, it's starting to it's definitely starting to look like green lights and any kind of you know pop of volatility um, is is providing you know at the moment the you know, buying opportunities, but that could shift, right? If there's a if something happens geopolitically, if something happens, uh, yeah, even just with government shutdown or presidential elections, again, yeah, there's so many different areas. I mean. If, if you saw it break trade, like, yeah, that yeah, no, that would be a yeah. first concern, right? But completely, we're not. Completely. That's not happening right now. Correct, correct. And and, and that's where I was going to pull up. So um, last week, not this past weekend, but like two weekends ago, I got updated trend on IEF Keith, uh, and so that's at ninety four spot. It was at ninety four spot oh two. So just to kind of move into the bonds complex, right? So the bonds to me are also, you know, you're you're kind of. There's a lot of things that, to your point that are kind of floating around trend, right? Like IE or sorry, IEF is um uh let me sorry, I think I pulled up the TLT box. IEF. IEF the seven to ten year. Yeah, seven yeah. ten years. basically trading like right. I mean close at ninety four oh three. Again, that trend line right. probably moved a little bit. But let's just say let's for round number say call it ninety four, right? So we've been basically bouncing around ninety four for the last week and a half, two weeks. And you know, it's gone down, it's kinda of, you know, like basically this this trend resistance has been that line right now and you know can't quite break out up through it and you're seeing that you're seeing higher for longer 
in the rates. You're seeing, you know, the rate cuts move out from June, right? They have been March. Now they're, you know, it's just like 60% chance in June. Um, and so, you know, these things, you know, the, there's just, there's a lot of complexity out there in the marketplace and you're seeing kind of phase transitions happen, happening. Uh, again, it's like copper is a good example. The Russell is a good example. Uh, bond, you know, 10 year bond is a good example. You, you're seeing it in the signal where you're getting, you know, higher lows, 419 uh, on the 10 year, uh, goes at four spot two, six, six, uh, on top of the risk range is four spot four oh. So that's like well above, you know, the trend level. Um, and you know, that, that trend level is, is four spot one eight, um, on, on, on the 10 year. So four spot one eight, uh, you know, the low end of the risk range now is just above that at four spot one nine. So again, that setup is not conducive to like bonds breaking down. You know, that setup is like, Hey, there's, you know, um, you basically got, you know, right now the math is telling you that you, you're not, you know, you're, you're likely not going to break below trend um, at the moment, moment as of as of this morning coming into the day. So, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow as things progress. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's that's basically what's on the page. And I think that's that's the beauty. I mean, that's certainly what I love about the hedge eye process, Phil, and I think you do too, is that I can spin my I can spin myself in knots thinking about like all the different components of why something's happening. But when you just look at what's actually transpiring and the data that's coming off the page, and then how does that translate translate into portfolio, into your 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 bucket, right? In your basket, then that's the beauty of it. And like my basket's gonna look different than yours, is gonna look different than an RA like George's that I see you joining here. Then John Caprath, who's a family office, you know, and that manages and runs, you know, multifamily office. They're all going to look different, but they're all based in a very similar construct with price volume volatility as the core principles in terms of driving decision making. And on top of that, it's risk risk parameters in terms of you know, you know, minimizing your drawdown risk while trying to maximize your compounding capabilities. And that's like what that's 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 what it all boils down to. That's that's the holy grail. And that's what we're here to do, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And when you get it right, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> Last two things, uh, just to, to call out on uh, Robert, I think the um, the ITA that's on Keith's chart, yeah, 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 and yeah. stocks, that yeah. had a little pop today. I was trying to find out which was the underlying that was driving that. Um, Lesser for Boeing, I think, just based on its weight. Um but uh, that keeps doing higher highs, higher lows. That today, that wasn't on sale. So that's not an opportunity. To, that wasn't a buy today, but maybe if no. you wanted to sell a little bit, who knows what the event risk is related to government shutdown and funding of defense, right? There's almost like never a cap on defense spending. But uh, on the other side, gasoline. Gasoline yeah, had a. UGA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that went on sale today, right? So you had kind of middle of the rain. Uh, I don't know what the risk range on it, but I think it was on my, by my numbers, it looked like it was right around the middle there. Um, not too far from where Keith bought it. Uh, what, two days yeah, ago that he days, added? Two days, yeah, two days ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's basically like just about the same spot. I would think that would kind of be, that would be a place where you would add or take it down to your minimum, right? If you're kind of sitting right at trend where he added it, but just uh call out there on gasoline that not everybody uh looks at daily yeah good good call out and i think this is a, a great one where so in the etf pro the um trend risk range is 63 spot nine four on the low end for uga and 68 spot three four on the top end um so that's 68 spot three four is or sorry three eight excuse me 68 spot three eight i don't believe that would be a one month Yes, that that's closing right, basically right at the uh, the one month and three month high, uh, which is sixty eight spot three seven. That's where it closed. So that's a tricky one. That's a signal where it's like it's been good. Um, he didn't actually add that today in terms of uh, exposures, um, which which again is also kind of a signal in itself, saying that you know with his kind of re- refresh risk range, you know that top end of the risk range may have come down a little bit. So so and it's and that it's not signaling kind of new one month and, and three month highs so i'd be i'd be careful or not i'd just be conscientious it's still bullish trend right and, yep. and it's not it has not removed from etf pro but i think this is a perfect example of where, where people try to go and, and they kind of hunt around and they're like oh it's 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 red we should get, like add more to this uh but the low end of that risk range is 63 spot 94 which is uh you know almost like two dollars below where it closed today 
Uh, and so, that's on a trend yeah. basis, right? That's that's on a longer, yep. exactly right. That's on a longer yeah. longer term trend. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, Philip. Uh, but at the same time, but at the same time, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, uh, if you already have the exposure on, then just sitting there with a min min or mid side, you know, whatever your your half position, that's a beautiful thing to do, right? You can take a little bit off the table, hopefully take some profits, and you can just kind of let it sort of sort itself out, right, and see if it what it does and. If you buy it back up at $67, then so be it, right? Because you know that it's regained some signal strength. And yeah, sure, you didn't get it under 66, but you're buying it at a better decision point in time. Because right now, it's yes. kind of, it's teetering on a little bit, you know, it's putting in that first lower high and we'll just have to see what what, what transpires. So I, I think that's a, a yeah. good case example for for someone who's trying to learn the head type process and follow it, you know, in the A-B test that Keith has talked about, the first thing is, and you just mentioned it, Robert, was making lower highs, right, on the risk range. So check that box, right? The last few yeah. days, I believe it's been making lower highs. Yep. Then you want to yep. look at where are you on a trade basis? Well, right, because if you break trade, then the probability of you going a trend goes up. 100%. You're like right there, right? <laughs> and, uh, and we've talked about like, well, how do you risk manage when something's at the low end of the risk range when you're like when you're at trade and you don't want to have a big loss going to trade going to to trend, right? And so that's where for someone I think I think this is just a, a good learning case for someone to watch over the next few days and see what happens with gasoline. Does this thing break trade and go down to trend? Should you have gone down to your minimum here? What does Keith do? What did he do today? What does he say tomorrow about something like this? Um, this is, a, I think it's a learning uh, example. Hi, I'm Keith McCullough, and I wanted to introduce you to my favorite product at Hedgeye, the Macro Show. Why is it my favorite product? Well, it's my show. I do that every morning. If you want to get ready for the market day, you want to contextualize all the data, you want to make good decisions, then this is what you should be watching. It's a repeatable process that you can deliberately study, measuring and mapping time series to time series of data. So it's not going headline to headline and getting whipped around. It's actually being so much more dispassionate about it and making good decisions that are data driven. So we'd love to have you on our team. Come join us. Tune in weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern and on demand anytime. Go to hedgeye.com research to subscribe. Yeah, it's it's sitting at his very last position, right? So, and he reduced fifty basis points on the twenty sixth. So that was what two days ago, uh, on on Monday. Uh, I mean, back over. Sorry, I mean to oil for a second. Yes, and he probably what? Did, what was a uh, copper relative to gasoline? Copper was copper. just added. Copper's like they're two, both like two, basically right at the launch. <laughs> they're both in the <laughs> same spot. <laughs> basically the same spot. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And copper was added yesterday at his min min sizing. So um, yeah, no, it's it's a, this is a really good case study. And to me, listen, I'm not really a technical guy, but like if you just look at what the the 10 day and 15 day low is, it, it was. Um, or five days ago, basically on the 23rd last Friday, uh, and it closed right at um, 60, uh, 64.98, so we rounded up to 65. So that 65 level is, is really important if it, you know, in my mind. If it starts to break that, then it's sort of got you know near term momentum to the downside, and yep. uh, that, that's where you know I would be uh, probably out. That would be that would be my out. Really good call out though. Because I had, um, I'd actually not looked at the UGA. Yeah, good call up, really good call up. I noticed it was the very last position this morning when I wrote it out, but I did not pull up the chart yet. Uh, the other one that's just like so this weekend. So again, for if you're a macro pro subscriber for Edgeye, um, I started to publish these, uh, you know, top six uh, or six key insights, I should say, uh, to stay ahead. They go out on Sundays. Um, take a lot of work. So hopefully you guys are <laughs> liking them. Uh, but the, the three of the things I called out this past weekend was, um, was uh, what was it? Sorry. It was uh, momentum. So SPMO, uh, bulk dry and AMLP. And, and they just, they, they, they all three of them continued to uh, really, have really strong signals and AMLP kind of, I think gave me a little bit of an opportunity uh, last couple of days. Uh, so if you hadn't, uh, if you're not long in that one, 
Um, and it kind of gives, I believe it gives you a dividend, uh, in a few, in a couple of weeks, but yeah, it was down. That's one of those down, down about 1%. That's that better example, right? Where you keep making higher highs, uh, as opposed to gasoline making lower highs. Correct. Yeah. So MLP, that top end of the risk range, again, the trend one from ETF, uh, pro product on, on Monday mornings is 46.93 and that would be a big time new, uh, one month and three month high. And so, yeah, that, that. The loan of the risk range is all the way down at 43 spot 35. Um, so that would be kind of a, a below the one month low, but I uh, will kind of right, right around it actually. Um, but it's, uh, but yeah, but that, that's again, we, he did not add MOP today on the pullback, but I, I, again, this is one where if you aren't long MLP and, you know, energy and, and in particular oil, uh, continues to hold up on its signal strength, uh, this, these guys pay a good dividend. And um, it's high quality companies, right? So, uh, you know, low, like, um, all the factor, uh, factor exposures kind of line up in terms of, uh, you know, low short interest, all that kind of thing. And so, uh, so yeah, so that would be, definitely be on my short list. The MLP, I uh, would be on the short list in terms of like adding as long as it's, uh, it kind of doesn't, you know, really kind of break down uh, further from here. Um, all right. Oh, and I guess, again, just like just to help people out, uh, we did launch a new product this week called uh, Signal Strength. Um, Signal Strength, uh, I think it's called Top Signal Strength uh, Longs. And again, it's pretty, I don't want to say basic, but it's uh, it really just, it's a, it's a, I think it's basic, it's beautiful in its simplicity where it really just takes key signal. And the analyst coverage list, and it can mesh the two, and it just gives you the top exposures ranked by time held of that bullish trend and trade signal. So um, it really just kind of narrows down to call it 300 different um, companies that are inside of the general um, universe of coverage, or the coverage universe, I should say, and kind of boils it out. Right now, we have 60. Uh, in the past, I've seen it uh, only now, like, you know, 18 to 25. Um, but right now, there's a lot of things. Bush traded trend, and uh, and that list is probably the biggest I've seen it since joining in October of 2022. So that should tell you something about the current setup. Um, X2 just texted me, so thank you. Uh, Euro USD been sitting in the top of the range range with an bearish trend. Okay, so I just got a question on the Euro US dollar. I've uh, been sitting at the top end of the risk range within a bearish trend. Why hasn't he signaled sell? Um, because I, I believe, uh, let's see, 1085. Yeah, that top of the risk range really hasn't done much. That risk range hasn't done much. There hasn't been a whole lot of volatility um, X2 in, uh, in the euro. And basically, on the 22nd, uh, the risk range was one spot 071 to one spot 085. Today is one spot 072 to one spot 085. Um, I suspect there's just like a little bit better places to park some capital um, and to kind of take advantage of uh, on the short side. Uh, but same time where's fx sorry uh because we get that risk range uh 118 yeah, the risk, yeah i mean we're sitting right there um that's one okay. where yeah the euro does that looks like a prime opportunity right now um let me pull up the actual euro i think today was the first lower high day on the dixie wasn't it even i know uh, it's not the same as the euro cross but it's a lot of euro yeah it's like 60 percent i think um yeah, uh, that that is true, and yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> I, I want to cop out here, uh, XT, but Euro's either going higher or it's going lower, <laughs> 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 which is not very helpful, and I and I understand that. Uh, so, but you're in a bit. I think you just you're in a bit of a spot. Um, yeah, that one one spot oh eight five kind of level, which is top of the risk range. If that puts in a, a if that this is one where I think is like a wait and watch situation. Um, if it starts to you know it's had, it's had kind of three down days in a row. Uh, if it has another one, this is a, another good example where I'd rather add it at like one spot oh eight one or one spot oh eight two and see that kind of continuation of um, it just putting in the new lower high here, uh, where, which it did on the Euro, Euro did Euro USD that was on Monday, the 26th, it closed at one spot 0851. Um, so that could be kind of the first lower, 
lower, uh, you know, kind of really significant kind of lower high, like bounce off of the lows. Um, and that's a good one. So yeah, I'd almost be waiting, just kind of, kind of letting, let it breathe another day or two. Uh, and honestly, in this case, it, it'd be better in my humble opinion to see continued weight weakness and to like pounce on it and, and add it, you know, if it kind of continues to break down, you know, sub one, one spot away three or something like that. Um, and and ideally, you would see the top end of the risk range of one one spot oh eight five come down to you know uh, eight four, uh, that kind of thing. So that would be another great signal in terms of you get that and perhaps a lower low as well in conjunction, and that would be a great one to one two punch. Um, the 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 low end of the risk range right now, sorry the the one month low and three month low is uh, one spot oh seven oh eight five. So the low end of the risk range is is seventy two. Um, so what that's also been just kidding is that you'd be getting, yeah, you'd be getting a lower high here at 85, but you'd also be getting a higher low at 72 based on kind of recent, uh, recent price action. So that's not a, a phenomenal setup. You're really kind of getting a little bit of consolidation there. So that's where you'd want to see that low end uh, kind of move lower and certainly the, the top of the risk range come down a little bit too. But, uh, yeah, Euro, Euro is kind of a bit more of a wait and watch here. Hopefully that was helpful. That's a great set. This is a, this has been, we've had some really good test cases here or whatever, uh, how, whatever you want to say. So Euro USD, that's a great example here. Uh, if you've been short that thing from like 111, you've crushed it. Uh, even if you got caught it at 110, hell, that's a great move. Uh, the gasoline's a great, great one too in terms of UGA. That's a prime example of something that, you know, you know you're long, we're long it, you're adding to it, but then you kind of basically hit pause on it. So, that's a really good example. And then there's the other one, which is Bitcoin, which basically just goes to the moon. And I kind of wanted, to, I almost somewhat promised myself, Philip, that I wasn't going to talk Bitcoin today, but hard not to. Hard not to. Um, all right. Anybody? That's okay. <laughs> just, I mean, it's just mooning, right? So you're like, it's, it's the higher high, higher low. Um, yeah. Bullish trade trend. Like, but how much Not more good. signal strength would you like? Exactly. I mean, and unfortunately, again, I don't have that one in the old PA, uh, which is really shitty. Uh, but it is what it is, and I'm not really going to dwell on it too much either, because uh, there's a lot of lot, a lot of good things in there. Um, but yeah, what? Uh, anyway, listen, um, anyone listening in, by all means, please uh, jump up, uh, chat. Happy to take any other questions, uh, talk about anything else. Um, you know, the one that is interesting again philip i don't know if you've looked at high yield growth hyg lately yep that that moved on you know obviously moved the bullish trend we took it off our you know, bearish uh short list which we have had on for ages and uh in kind of the last what certainly last 15 days month uh really almost the last three months it's kind of traded well maybe not throughout it's two and a half months it's traded sort of sideways between you know 70 Called 77, 76 and a half to like 78. Um, really, you know, the interesting thing here is the, uh, it does have um, a nice pre, it has a nice uh, eyeball premium, uh, plus 62%, and that's a plus 2.9 times on a trailing 12 month Z score. Uh, so that, that's, that's a nice little setup there. Obviously, we don't have that officially on the, on the, on the uh, bullish side from an ETF pro standpoint, but it's bullish on the page with the risk range. Uh, 77.60 is the top in the risk range. Long of the risk range is 77, 76, excuse me, 76.70. Uh, that is not a like one month high nor a three month high. Uh, it would be a, a, a kind of a, a higher low, uh, but you do have some kind of like higher prices falling out of the one month look back window. Um, so if you give this kind of, again, I'd, I'd kind of like, if you get a little bit of a pullback, the next week or so, I think that could be an interesting one. Uh, if it goes to low end of the risk range, it kind of holds that, you know, 76, 70, 76, 80 level, uh, would be a really interesting one to, uh, perhaps, uh, start adding to on the long side, uh, because, uh, with the anticipation that you would get kind of new one, but just because of how the look back window looks, you're just going to naturally basically this, this 15, you know, the high from the February 9th of 77 spot three, six, that's going to start to um, uh, be the new one month high, right? So that's uh, that that's a nice nice little setup. And then when that happens, that seventy seven sixty, if it's still there, that would be you know a new new one month high. Um, so that that that's just one I want to call out would be HYG. 
obviously we've been bearish that bad boy as i said for a long long time i think going all the way back to uh early 2022 um, i think it was march or so uh, yeah in april so yeah so um, you know what, what's interesting about but i think there's two i think two call outs on that one is i think it's a it's a perfect signal strength case uh if you pull up the chart of ewi which is completely unrelated but a very similar path right so that's yeah, italy yeah. but you've got you have this initial move on like a three-month trend basis you see it go trend positive or trade positive then trend positive and then they stop and they just move horizontal right and and you uh the volatility bleeds out you get eventually lower highs and the, but it just keeps moving sideways and never never breaks trade mm-hmm. so you never have the breaking of trade that increases the risk of going to trend or breaking trend. So it just kind of sits sideways. At the same time, you see other things that continue to make higher highs um, and and higher lows. And so you see these obvious divergences in, in signal strength, right? It's just, it's a very easy, uh, it's a great example of being able to quickly discern what is kind of a medium signal strength versus a strong or great signal strength. Yep. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to call out is where, where we see rates going. Yeah. It's interesting that we're talking about like rates being at least on the long end, um, bullish trend and it's not affecting anything high yield. At the same time, we're like making our way through the quads and showing some improvement of maybe a couple months of quad twos here going, um, out two to three months. And you know this thing. You, I mean, you, you're like right in the middle, where you have no idea if this thing's going to break down to trend or if it's going to all of a sudden pop up like a like some of the European countries. No, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. like where where the the yields keep going down to like trend, where you're at, you're just like at the low end of the risk range, right at those trend levels. These things are all correlated. Where you're like, are they going to break up or break down? Who knows. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're spot on. And, and you know, this is where, again, it's kind of a little bit of similar set three. You've got the Russell uh, picking up signal strength and obviously moving to bullish trend. And you've got kind of the high yields as well. Again, it's not like obviously perfect correlation, but, you know, you just, you see, there are, as you're saying, like kind of uh, multiple components there across different, you know, different uh, asset classes, different, um, you know, just the different sectors that, that are certainly uh, worth paying attention to. And, and they are giving you signals that are, a little bit mixed, right? And and it wouldn't take much. Like it wouldn't take much. Uh, you know, again, the the low end of the risk range on the ten year is four spot one nine as of this morning. That trend level is four spot one eight as of uh, like two days ago. I think it was. Um, so actually, yesterday morning, we reiterated it was four spot Yesterday, yeah, um, yeah. So you know that that, but you know, so again, you know, wouldn't take. You know, the probability, the risk range is provide you with like. High level of probability of where price action could go, but it doesn't mean they can't go, you know, break down further than that. It also, doesn't mean they can't break out more than four spot four zero, which is the top of the risk range, which would be new one month and three month highs on the, on the U.S. Treasury ten year. Uh, and if we get the, that, then, then you know, we we may very much be um, kind of moving back up towards. You know, who knows? I mean, the high of October ish was like around five percent. Um, so could we get five percent again? Could we get north five percent? I really don't know. I think right now, you know, for for me, the longer end of the curve is uh, certainly in a wait and watch situation. And and if I've got to lean one way or the other, it'd be uh, bear, uh, uh, more bearishly than certainly positively at, at the moment. But uh, you know, SHY, I think the you know, there's there's the shorter end of the curve uh, is looking uh, to be a little bit more a little like more stable, I guess. Um, in terms of kind of the longer term outlook and, and that kind of thing. So well, so you had the move breakdown to below the trend. Exactly. Yeah. Close that just under one Oh nine. Uh, another great call out. So I think the, is healthy. the, the HYG to me, I, the, the takeaway is I think you've, you've caught, you've been good at keeping me honest on this. And sometimes I'll text you something and it kind of looks mediocre and you say like, well, why would you go into that when you can go into something with the stronger signal strength? Right. So you could say, take a look at HYG and then look at pink and ask yourself, <laughs> which would you, which would you rather be in? 
Why force HYG when you could be in pink? Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, that's a good point. Yep. Sometimes though, I tell you, yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, so, and, and sometimes I say, thank you. <laughs> the the best is like when we're basically doing the same decisions on the same, very similar time frame. Um, that's always when it's like, yep. Yeah. And get you confirming you get, that's, yeah, you, you get the benefit of like, you know, do some single stocks. I, I would much, I'd prefer to kind of do some single stocks, but <laughs> I think stick with the ETFs. Uh, Stick with the ETFs. That's okay. Uh, it was funny. What was it last week, Philip? You, you were texting me, and I was like, "Yeah, I added some industrials." And you're like, "Perfect." I added. I forget what you added, but basically, you're like, "I did all the all, a lot of the major." Underlying. Yeah, I had all those underlying. I'm like, I "Yeah, like, awesome. that's working." Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I prefer those because you get more juice off those bad boys. Uh, if you get them right, they can really move. But I like the juice, Philip. Like the juice. Um, perfect. All right. Well, we've been at this for an hour. Uh, I don't know if anybody's again happy to take some questions or what have you. Uh, I can talk. I can talk stocks and markets for days, hours. Uh, but I would also like to get a little bit of dinner. How's the West Coast, Bill? It's gorgeous out here. I think we're gorgeous. just about done with the rain season. Oh, that's good. That's good. It was a rainy. It was a warmer day here. Rainy. all right well good stuff thanks hey philip thanks for popping up man always a pleasure uh makes this uh makes the engagement so much more fun so i, I appreciate the back and forth i uh, thank you all for listening uh always honored to that you spend an hour uh often an hour plus with me on a wednesday so thank you for that hopefully you found it valuable and helpful and uh we will be back uh, next next week uh, probably 4 30 again on wednesday but i'll keep everybody posted uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Good luck out there. Uh, and we will see you soon. Don't forget to check out HedgeEye.com to get more actionable investing insights from our team of more than 40 research analysts. And check us out on Twitter at our handle, at HedgeEye. This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by HedgeEye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Hedge is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the contents. All investments entail a certain degree of risk and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors, including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the terms of service at hedgeye.com slash terms of service.